Hi, I'm Gemma. And I'm Claire. And in this week's episode of Honest to God podcast, we're going to be talking all things stress, chronic fatigue syndrome and ME with the amazing, inspirational and wonderful Ellen Murray. You are going to absolutely love this episode. You are, really. Ellen Murray, welcome to Honest to Gob. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're a bit nervous. I can't believe you've never done a podcast before. I know. You wouldn't think I'd be so nervous. Like, because you've you've done loads of public speaking. You've hosted your own <laughs> workshops. You've stood in front of hundreds of women who were getting sweaty and jumping around and made them do burpees for years. But you're feeling a little bit... I am. I okay. am. I'm feeling the older heart rate going a bit faster. Is it sweating a bit? <laughs> is it because there's a microphone in Maybe front of you and the camera? And I know it's I been recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I'll but be fine, though. You're not coming across as nervous. I'm not. Even though inside it might be. <laughs> I was the same. Got my show face on. <laughs> do you know what? I'll tell you what. Claire is a meditation maestro. Can you do us a quick, like, few seconds of... Mm-hmm. Ca- how would you help somebody who's nervous? Because okay. I think that's a good hint and tip for anybody listening, actually. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for nerves, calming nerves down, it's about all about the breath. Because when we notice our breath and we can then start to put the body back into balance. So should we just do some breath work? Yeah. Oh. Just do it. Just a couple just of seconds or something. Yeah. Just okay. to, for all of us. So just close your eyes. Okay. Gently close your eyes or just lower the gaze. And then I want you to inhale and imagine the breath coming in through the tip of the nose. And then exhale out the nose. And then I want you to inhale through the nose again, but as you inhale, allow the belly to bloat out like a balloon. So fill in the belly up. And then as you exhale, let the belly come back down, back in towards the spine. Inhale again. Belly rises. And then as you exhale, bringing the belly back in towards the spine. And just do a few more of these on your own. This is just known as abdominal breathing, so it just allows us to come back into balance, back into rest and digest. And then there we go. Open our eyes gently and then we're ready to go. That's nice. Oh, that it? was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I need your meditation to my life. It's all about finding the right voice for it, isn't it? You've got such yeah. a great meditation oh, voice. Thank you. That's what she does. She's, she's magic. It. She's genius. Oh, amazing. It. So I'm glad that's helped. I'm glad that's that's been nice and mm-hmm. calm. I hope if you're listening to this, you weren't doing that while you were driving or operating <laughs> yeah. heavy machinery or in charge of small people. Thanks, um, yeah. Or maybe like skiving at your desk at work. <laughs> your boss has come behind you, like, what are you doing? Just tell me breathing at my desk. So Ellen, let's kind of, how would you explain who you are in a nutshell to somebody who doesn't know you? How would you describe yourself? It's a tough one because I've had a big shift of identity in the last year. Well, I'll tell you what then, why don't we take it back then? Because you, you're, you're, let's talk about your business if that's all right. So Heatone, Heatone Fitness was born because you, you were a dancer to start off with, weren't you? Yeah. So take us back to your dancing days. Oh, wow. We are coming back now. <laughs> um, so dancing for me was always my passion, um, but it was always kind of, oh, it's not the safe route kind of thing. So I went to do psychology at uni, then ended up going away dancing um, in hotels, just living the life in Cyprus, yeah. in Greece. Um, 
come back and got a job as a, a dance teacher um, and it just went from there really then I started teaching women fitness and that was like oh, I've found my calling yeah. now like how did you get just... into that from teaching dance to then fitness was it did it feel like a natural progression um well I was in this dance role and I was like I need to know I'm going to progress because I've always been a striver and achiever yeah. and it was just kind of a not really going anywhere so I went back to uni to train in dance you know always passion mm-hmm. always wins doesn't it you always end up going back to that um and as I was training I I was doing fitness as well on the side just like a few dance fitness classes but when it got to the summer I was like I can't just do fitness in the evenings like I need to fill my day which we'll probably get to later how that is not sensible (laughs) but from morning to evening I was used to being on the go so I started a boot camp so it wasn't just fitness it was the whole behind the scenes supporting the women with the mindset the nutrition Mm -hmm. getting results and it just went mental like the first the first month they had like 15 women great the next month they had 40 and then the next month it was like right I'm going back to uni now and I was like I don't want to give this up like I'm loving it the women are getting I didn't realize that so you did this in the summer of of uni yeah I didn't realize that yeah so like and was it was the motivation to do it was it monetary financial or was it just I want to be busy it was purely just to fill my time (laughs) so I was like (laughs) I was used to being like from the moment I opened my eyes I was training at uni and dancing all day and then teaching in the evenings and I was like I'm not at uni I can't just work like three hours a Mm -hmm. day like so it was yeah I was just like I want to I want to expand a little bit and fill my time. <laughs> and you went back to uni in the September? I made the decision at that point. I was like, am I going to go for it and become a teacher in a school or am I going to have my own business? And I found a mentor as well who kept like popping into my email mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, talking to me. Like, And it was like, actually, I do want to pursue my own business. Mm-hmm. So made the brave decision to like drop out and go for it. And how many, how long had you done at uni by that point? Um, I just had my third year to go. Oh, wow. So you were, yeah, you didn't have... But I had already done a degree. This was like... this. So this isn't your psychology degree. No. This is your dance degree. Yeah. Right, I get you. So, yeah, amazing. And yeah. when was that? How long ago? That was like 2012. Okay. Um, so I went all in then. Um, and within like two, th- the third month, there was like 80 women um, they were all on like monthly memberships, so I was very from the start. I got this business mentor, Paul Mort. Do you know him? I, we, I love Paul. Oh, Mort. I adore him. He was my first ever mentor. Yeah. I didn't realise Paul Mort was yeah. your mentor. I I adore he's Paul. So Mort. funny, isn't he? Yeah, I love yeah. Paul Mort's yeah, emails. He's, he's just got a book deal with Harper North. Has he? Yes, he has. He's he is doing really brilliant. well. Isn't Anybody he? listening and wondering who the heck he is? He is a straight talking Geordie. Follow him on social media because he's just a brilliant, brilliant person to be inspired by. And he really just says it like it is. Oh, he That's what drew me to him. Yeah. I love, because I'm quite... I a... thought he just coached men. No. That's well, good, I then, think he it? might do now, no, but back, back in the day. Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. he also was a mentor for James Smith. So ah, Paul yes. Moore is famous for the daily emails. So James Smith, who obviously is, That's you know, right, is, yeah. is is has got book deals and yeah, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, Paul either. Paul Moore and James Smith were on a podcast talking yeah, about. Yeah, I've seen them the, on a podcast. I thought yeah, it was more emails. so the other way round. No, so wow. yeah, Paul Moore was was very very good at mentoring people in the health and wellness mm. sector. Definitely was well known and for that. To be honest, like saying this out loud, he's probably 
like the reason my business did so well initially because mm-hmm. from the, the get-go I was like had a business head through learning yeah from so him. it's not like you're expecting women because you when you say you had these boot camps you were running these in spaces like um church halls schools, um, schools mainly like outdoors yeah. and so yeah. come on you, well you I was gonna say in, instead of instead of that business model of oh a, a woman comes and pays four quid a class as, oh, as you know yeah. pay as you go mm-hmm. well you can never predict your cash flow because no. you don't know who's going to turn mm-hmm. up but lots of people do run fitness kind mm-hmm. of classes and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. so yeah but having them on a monthly membership from well, day one I mean is from day one I was like most people like you say like five or a class back then and I was like 99 quid a month so I set my prices like pretty high straight away yeah. and you've got that investment there though, though well, haven't you because it wasn't when for the paying, money it was like like you say it, it's for that for them to invest in it then and yeah. go I've paid this now so I need to turn up but well I'm just sitting here thinking if you've got 80 women on a membership what the fuck does your, does your month look like because how do you do that how many classes we, like what were you doing well because that was oh. very early on that was month three like that was the September I decided to not go back to uni mm-hmm. um so we had these 80 women on monthly memberships mm-hmm. I was still teaching all my dance fitness alongside so I'd do like <laughs> six o'clock oh boot God. camp run and teach number eight o'clock boot camp <laughs> I was like oh but I was just so high energy yeah, and high yeah. pace and I loved it I loved yeah. the women and yeah you know yeah. that community and they were all invested mm-hmm. you know um but quite early on, I was like, I'm going to need a bit of help here. And that's when I got a team member. She came on the following March. Great. Okay. Um, and she took a bit of it on. But then we expanded mm-hmm. to another location and then another and another okay. over the years. And where did it get to? Like, So this is back in 2012, which is nine years ago at this point. But it's, you know, the the kind of top of its game where mm. how many how many people, how many staff... I think when we were at probably the top of our game was, well, it's been the last few years until the yeah. lockdown. Mm-hmm. We were at like, I think 400 members wow. at one point. You know, we were nearly hitting like, I think the revenue was like nearly £400,000 or something. So it was quite big mm-hmm. for just little yeah. old me. Um, staff, we had like probably 12 on the team. So it was, you know... it. I look back now and I'm like, wow, I did that. Like when I was you in it, I didn't did ever think it, but I've, I've done a lot of it. I've had a lot of growth since then emotionally. Yeah. But at the time I was just like, oh, this is just, I never fully appreciated mm-hmm. like what a, an achievement that was. Because you were too busy doing. I was too busy in and it. too busy to <laughs> yeah. stop busy and look and reflect. Yeah. But yeah, you did have some moments where do. you weren't in it. And one of those moments was when you got pregnant with your first child, your little boy, your son, yes. Max. Yeah. Um, what year was he born again? 2017. Were you still jumping around doing burpees with a bump? Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I was doing, I created Glowfit as well at the right, time. So which tell everybody about mental. Glowfit. Um, so Glowfit was, this, uh, you've probably heard of it, yeah. them loads now, the glow sticks, yeah. but this was like, I think that was just around the mm-hmm. same time as I created Glowfit. So the first class of that I turned up at this village hall where I do my Zumba, like 100 people turned up and my husband was like, Ellen, Ellen, what are we going to do? Like, they were like sardines. So then... Like a rave though, isn't oh, it? That's yeah. exactly like what it was. Well, then we, we started at Walton Cent- uh, yeah. Sports Centre and 200 people 
people came <gasps> to the first class. So it was just it, and it's it was like just UV crazy. lights, strobe yeah. lights, glow sticks, like neon yeah. gear. Yeah, but rave just, night and a school night. Yeah, that yeah. was the tagline. Remember it? <laughs> I do remember it? And it's just all early nineties mm-hmm. classics, like dead high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, people just loved it. So mm-hmm. I was doing that alongside and then I got pregnant and took a real step back from everything because I was just so ill. I had a hyperemesis. Which is, can you explain mm. all this for people who oh, Basically, I'm like a princess. <laughs> princess Kate had it yeah. with all her children where you're just literally vomiting all the time yeah. or nauseous yeah. all the time. And what at what point did that start in your pregnancy? Um, about six weeks in. And was it oh for the duration? God. Yeah, literally oh until I think the, the morning of... I had, I had him. I was still vomiting. Like so, how, how like how's that? How do you get through that? Like food wise, energy wise, you're a fitness instructor. You need your food, and you're throwing it all up because. Well, yeah. I had to step back from all the physical. I mean, I was mm-hmm. really lucky that I'd created a team that it yeah. did work without me. Um, so the boot camps were all running. The mm-hmm. women were all looked after. And in my head, I had that, like, Paul's voice as well. It's like, you have to build it so that it works without you. And I always knew I wanted children, so it was only the glow fit I needed to step back from. So I spent most of my pregnancy, like, on my back, (laughs) like, feeling so ill. And I was on medication to stop me vomiting so much. So it was just eating carbs all the time to keep (laughs) keep anything down. Looking back, like... Would you was was pregnancy with Max difficult then? Would you say it wasn't a pleasant experience? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were times where I got used to it and I enjoyed parts of it, and I, I did do a bit of physical stuff. But I was always thinking, I can't wait till the baby's here and I can get my life back mm-hmm. on track. <laughs> to be honest, I probably had a bit of prenatal depression. Yeah, well, looking back, you're able yeah. to. And what made what makes you think that looking back? Um, I think because I just recognise it now, I know mm-hmm. what it is yeah. and going through what I've been through recently, I, I know what it feels like and what the signs are and and like literally once he was born, I was like, oh, I feel like me again, <laughs> you know. And then how did you make it work once he was born, business-wise? Um, I think at that point, I felt very detached from it and I felt very guilty because uh, I finished on the Friday evening and... I was thinking I'll have like four weeks to hand over because it was literally like my baby, the business. Yeah, it's your first baby really, It was, yeah. Yeah. And then he came the next morning. (gasps) Literally. He he was four weeks early. (gasps) Little monkey. I I had been burping and boxing that week, which was silly. (laughs) Um, So I probably did do a little bit too much, um, push myself a little bit. but So I didn't have any handover time. Mm -hmm. So I felt like when he first arrived I was like trying to be in the office like doing spreadsheets when I should have been just enjoying time as a mum. Are you somebody who likes to feel organised and in control? Yeah very much so. So was that because we we talk about this what did you call yourself the other day a recovering control freak Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and I can imagine that especially when you're pregnant with your first, you've got, because you do, you don't know what to expect. You've got this plan in your head of how it's going to be. Anybody listening who may be pregnant, take that plan, tear it up, <laughs> put some petrol on it, set it on fire and throw it in the fucking sea. Because <laughs> it's not going to go work. anywhere you think it's going to oh. go, is it? No. 
not one bit at all. No. So you've yeah, got this plan. Shock. Yeah, I've got four weeks of maternity before he comes. I'm going to scrub the house, nest. <laughs> Batch cook all my meals. Yeah, I'm going to get my admin for work sorted, sort my files and my folders out. And that didn't happen, no? No. 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 Literally the morning after, he was like, I'm here. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but it, it forced me to hand over. But it was, yeah, it was a shock to the system. And, and I had that time and space to like sit back but I never gave it to myself mm-hmm. I still was trying to be in control so I felt I spent that first year feeling torn guilty I mean I'm sure it's common even with people who don't have their own business it, you're adjusting to a, a new life aren't you as a yeah. mom yeah it's just a massive change it's an identity shift because it's another thing that you are you're not just you are you? you're mm-hmm. a mom you're a business owner you're a daughter I, I it's think another, it's the it's I remember when Josh was born and I was in the women's and I um, was in a room on my own and I didn't know he was needed wind and he was terrible for crying. And I was just like, what you do? And I was on my own. So I pulled the, the, the cord for the nurse to come and she was like, come here, just got him, just turned him over and slapping him on the back. And I was like, oh, he's so delicate. Then she passed him back and he was all wrapped up lovely. And I just looked into his eyes and I always remember now just the connection and the love and then the oh. horror of, oh my God, I, I love you that much and I've got to look after you for the rest of my life. What the fuck is this all about? <laughs> and I can still see his big blue eyes looking at me and it's like, you shit yourself. Because it's like, fucking hell, what a... I didn't even really think about this one. Yeah. Um, and I still tell him to the say he's 13 now and I still go, oh, look at that the picture and look at you now and I still love you. And he goes, I know, mum, and he taps me on the head now. <laughs> and, but it is, it's, it's, it's such a... It's a, it's gorgeous. It's such a beautiful thing, but it's also your life is never the same. I think it, for me, yeah. it was the the thing I wasn't expecting, and, and I'm sure you'll probably you'll both identify with this. I didn't understand the mental load mm. that would be put upon me for fucking ever, <laughs> <laughs> because. I heard it described recently as you know when you watch the news mm-hmm. like the BBC. In like when and the ticker tape runs at the bottom, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Constantly. Of all the constantly mm. of all the, all the things, right? I don't know about you. I've got twenty different ticker tapes, <laughs> and they're all going at different speeds. And I'm trying to read one, and then the next one's coming along, and it's super super hard. And I'm trying in the pro. I'm in a process at the moment of trying to offload some of these ticker tapes. So my husband's now got the cooking one. Yes, yes, you know, <laughs> uh, and it's it's. But it's the mental, it's the mental load that I wasn't prepared mm-hmm. for that is relentless mm-hmm. and unending and you never get a break from it mm-hmm. because we have to keep these little people alive. And mm-hmm. that is a massive responsibility because I don't know about you, I still feel like I'm 11 years old in my head. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm responsible for <laughs> another human pace. life. I know, I, know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. So you've done that. Not only have you had your little boy, you've got the mental load of a team, a business. Yeah. So... But then you also, you brought your husband into your business as well. Tell us a bit about that. So that was probably two years into the business. He left his job that he'd been in for years, mm-hmm. started another and just didn't wasn't feeling it. And at the same time, he was working for me on the side, but for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because he loved me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in the end, I just said, like, you know, just let's just go for it. Like, let's make it work. <clears throat> there were a lot of rows, especially when I was pregnant. <sighs> 
I remember the hormones just completely losing my shit with it because like, <laughs> he wasn't doing it the way I wanted. But it, it worked really well in the long term. So he was, yeah, from two years in, he was part of it. Yeah. And you worked well together. Yeah, it took a lot of time. <laughs> it took having separate that's workspaces. Am- that's amazing that if, yeah. a, if, a, if a couple can actually build and work in a business together, that is that is true partnership. Mm. Um, yeah. And again, I probably didn't recognise that. Like you saying that out loud makes me go, actually, yeah, that's it was. Because he's not he's a, a lot of couple He's a top bloke as well. Is he? Yeah, he's just... What's his name? Jamie. 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 He's older than me as well. So I think that helps. Not that they ever get that mature, but I think his level of maturity. Of a yeah. And he is. He's very chilled compared to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just, he's just lovely, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. He's dead yeah. nice. Got a great sense of humour yeah. and... He adores her. You see oh, the way he looks at her. He absolutely adores her. It's gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> so I want you to take us now to March 2020. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously. March. shit. When, the right, at what point did you start thinking, oh, shit, this is actually a thing? Well, to be honest, in the meantime from that, like I'd had another baby, hadn't I? I'd had Grace yeah. and I'd start, one of my members of staff left soon after she let, uh, after Grace was born. Happened both times, both children. So I stepped back fully into the business as an instructor. So when 2020 came, I was fully in my business, mm-hmm. like instructing. Everything behind the scenes. Everything behind yeah. the scenes. Max was one. Uh, Grace wasn't, Grace was one. Max was just turned three. So very young mm. and I was like working ridiculous hours and then this hit and mm. I was like, oh, like as we all were. And yeah, just I was just like, we've got to get it online, which I think every fitness business did, didn't they? Um, but in my head, I was like, I want everyone to keep the job. I want, I was so set yeah. on looking after everybody else. Yeah, yeah. But still obviously thinking of my own family, but yeah, I had everybody else in mind, like my team. How did you feel? When all of a sudden the venues are closed, fitness is not allowed to happen in the way that it was. How did you feel? I think I just felt like panicky, but I was in such like doing mode. Like I think my reaction to anything is like, right, what can we do about it and get a plan? I love a plan. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just working. I was like on high alert all the time. Mm -hmm. My adrenaline was just pumping. I think that first week... I was like, I just didn't move from my desk. I didn't sleep much. I had the kids at home. I was just in like... You were trying to make Zoom work. Flight, borrowing yeah. microphones off me, <laughs> if oh, you remember. Yeah. Gemma, how can we make this work? <laughs> yeah. Trying to sort out Zoom audio. Yes. And yeah, I remember as well you doing, because I, I joined your online classes and you you even did glow fit in your front room. <laughs> With UV lights, didn't you have to give your neighbour a free membership yes. because of the music? <laughs> yeah. That is brilliant. <laughs> so, how fast did you get online? I think it was probably the week before we got into mm-hmm. lockdown, or maybe two weeks before, because I knew it was coming. So, mm-hmm. at one point, I was doing Plan A in person. Plan B was in person and online for people who didn't feel comfortable at class. Plan C was just online. So it was like because it was all very uncertain was, wasn't yeah, it yeah. yeah and we were told we were expecting we were, we to be in like lockdown for three weeks you know yeah. and you you were thinking that as well weren't you so when that didn't happen and all of a sudden these online classes are going on 
for days, weeks and months. What was that like? Um, do you know what? It's a bit of a blur for me now because I was ill. Like, I didn't know it. I probably yeah. will get a bit emotional because it's all still quite That's here. Okay. But it was the start of getting sick of getting ME. So I think I was just pushing so hard to for safety, really, mm-hmm. thinking about my family and all everyone else's family. It's a lot. It's a lot to take on. Did you bring that on yourself? Was it Absolutely, you? yeah. Because we take this thing on, don't we, that we have to look after everybody. Yeah. And make sure everyone's okay and then we, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'd always been, like, the strong one mm-hmm. and been happy to, like, mm-hmm. I'd done struggles in the past, but, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm a doer, I'm an achiever, I'll, I can do anything mm-hmm. I put my mind to and... Yeah, I'm with oh, this. So you. it was <laughs> this. Gemma's just nearly tripped over going to get <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is. It's. It was. I think for a lot of people, it was. Um, it was a shock, and I think a lot of strong women, especially like being business owners, entrepreneurs. If you've got that passion in, yeah, you want everyone to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. And the body, like you said, the adrenaline, the cortisol pumping around your body, that cannot last forever. That's no. just going to make you sick. And that's why the world's in a mess right now because everybody's living on the nerves. Shouldn't generalise, should I? Not everybody. <laughs> yeah, but you, I, I honestly... 90% right. had to plan second. a living on We stress. have never, ever been in a situation in our lifetime where is that there is a collective, global, yeah. at the same time, sense of mm. hopelessness mm-hmm. and grief we grieved mm-hmm. these last 16 mm-hmm. months we grieved for the lives that mm-hmm. we had you know we grieved for yeah. losing jobs we grieved for people mm-hmm. we grieved for businesses that are mm-hmm. like our children mm-hmm. and our babies you know and it's it's been a, a very very strange time so actually I do think you're right to generalize mm-hmm. yeah because you know I, yeah I think most people that we spoke to and especially in our line of work is is that this they are mentally you know stressed the worn out emotionally worn out because of what's going on mm. and the uncertainty of things and that's where obviously we can all help with that but then we are you getting sick is because you're too busy looking after everybody else mm. but that's what women seem to do and especially entrepreneurs on the business that you're in you just want to look after people but we have to look after you. We just we so have to look after ourselves first. I mean, I have learned massive lessons. <laughs> like and this huge. is good. You've got you've learned mm. from it. So that's talk us through what what was the what was the point when you realised it was just enough is enough? Did your body just shut down? Your body just literally. I think it was. So we start. We went into lockdown in March, didn't we? And then in June, I got like a virus, um, and I was for months, probably for a year, I'd been getting like. Every month I'd have a sore throat, I'd have ulcers in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not talking like normal, they were like massive. I could barely speak without wincing. So that was signs already. My body was like, sure. you know, I had a, I went back to work when Grace was 11 weeks old. So my body was just like done in basically. So I'd been pushing for a long time and then lockdown on top of that. It was mm-hmm. like the June, my body was just like, I got what I thought was tonsillitis, but it just never went mm-hmm. like, it was just like ongoing symptoms and they were trying to rule things out, sending me for all these tests, but it turned out it was chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm. What, can you explain that for somebody yeah. who's listening who might not know what that is? 
Yeah, so it's it's quite a tough one to explain because it is really complex, but I feel like I'm like an expert in it now, <laughs> so I'll try and break it down. So like, it can be called ME or CFS, chronic fatigue syndrome, and it's basically like your body's just been under in fight or flight for too long. Like Basically, you're in your autonomic nervous system all the time. Um, and, you know, we need that balance of sympathetic mm-hmm. where we're, like, slow and calm and Like Claire rested. started off, you know, to get us into exactly. our... Exactly. There's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic yeah. nervous system and you've been living in the in, in the, in one the sympathetic, that, yeah, the looking out, looking out for danger and getting yeah. everything sorted, but it's just, you need to go in your rest and digest, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically... But it... it can be caused by different things mm-hmm. for some people it can literally be a virus and it triggers it mm-hmm. it could be in your genes but for a lot of people and as I've met on the journey it's like mainly women between mid-20s mid-40s um a lot of mums as well um, I, I cannot, a lot of yeah. high achieving women a lot of strivers a lot of very active people and it's like your body just goes enough because you've just pushed it and pushed it and ignored the signs what are the signs I think everyone's a different, like, when you're getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's body shows them differently, but the symptoms of once you've got it is it can range from sore th- mine was sore throat, swollen glands, ulcers, brain fog, which has been a huge mm-hmm. one, um, ranging to being wheelchair-bound, bed-bound. Wow. It's Yeah, it can go to the extreme. So when you get this diagnosis... I'm presuming you do what all of us do and you go and t- turn to Dr. Google and you see <laughs> things like that, you know, wheelchair bound, bed bound. Does that make you at that point go, I need to I need to get a handle on this. I need to sort it out. Well, for me, I didn't get the diagnosis until March this year. So it so started in June. Right, okay. Um, and Jamie's friend came around probably the end of June and he was like, you've had this for four weeks. Like, you know, it could be like ME or something because he'd had a bit of struggle himself mm-hmm. um and and from then I was like this is strange it's like then it was eight weeks down the line mm-hmm. I was still just so exhausted like I couldn't even dress my own kids and I was like mm-hmm. this is I thought it was stress but I was mm-hmm. like this is not going so then I started like looking at ways because I knew there wasn't there wasn't like anything you could do I'd <laughs> done the google I'd done doctors like it just like oh you just have to adjust your activity and I was like well no, I'm not taking that as an answer. Like, <laughs> I will get better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my job, yeah. Yeah. you know, to be active and yeah. to do all these yeah. online classes and be there for everybody else. <laughs> but at that point, I'd, I'd, for the first time in my life, I'd said, I'm having time off and oh, wow. I'm not available. I'm turning my work phone off. I'm coming off social media. That was in July. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were still in the lockdown then, I think. Yes, kind yeah, of. yeah. yeah. Um, and the universe well and truly stepped in because I tried to go back at the beginning of August and it was the first class in person. I thought, right, I'm ready for this now. It's not online. I'm not as under pressure to perform. Just go see the ladies, do a demo, let them do the work. And as I was walking to my van, my little speaker, a fly flew into my ear and I literally ended up in hospital with a frigging fly stuck in me. <laughs> Universe, woo, you're not going to work. Was that the universe going, are you not listening? (laughs) Oh, absolutely it was because I woke up the next morning and because I'd been like on edge for four hours, literally like this because the fly was flapping like crazy. 
Oh. And I was in A&E waiting. Oh. I woke up the next day with the symptoms, like my glands were so swollen, my throat was sore, I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, I am not well, like, this is not normal. Like, And I, I rang Nikki and I was like, she was like, you need to and take time off. she was your, your second in command. Yeah, yeah. Nikki was there, uh, like the next down from me. So I took I took that month off and I found something called the lightning process. Um basically it's NLP, mm-hmm. neuro linguistic programming. Oh, we've got a master NLP practitioner. <laughs> oh, amazing. Here. Claire Morton. <laughs> That's what I was studying at the minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love it. And Where are you doing it? Um, doing it it's with? with the Click Academy. Oh, um okay. it's a a coaching certification yeah, yeah. and an So I did that. It was an intense course and apparently it's like an you look, can, you're just she just loves everything intense, doesn't she? Uh, well that's like, it. I was like, I'm not giving me time. <laughs> I'm like, I can't be ill, like I need to get better. What can I'll I do? I'll do something intense. <laughs> so if like the doctors oh can't help, God. I'll go and find the answers. Yeah. So find this lightning process and it was three days intense of working on your mind and um yeah and how that influences the nervous system and I started to feel a lot a lot better um but by that point we realized like the business just wasn't you know it just it was so uncertain we were in lockdown Mm. we were out of lockdown and I still wasn't feeling 100% like I just knew something was telling me like I can't I can't go back to Mm. that way anymore and we decided to close it how was that? How oh. did that feel? Oh, honestly, it's just been awful. Like, the grief. Mm. It's been tough, but I needed mm. to do it. Yeah. How did Jamie feel about you closing the business? To be honest, he was the one who sat me down and was like, let's look at this without emotion. He was like, you've not failed, let's look at this. Like, take, take your hat off of emotions and just look at it, at figures. And he was like... It's going to take a lot of work to build it back up to where it needs to be, supporting the team and us. And he was like, I just don't know if it's doable because we were paying Plus a lot of... the emotions and the time and energy when you're not well and yeah. logically. Yeah. And we were we spending a lot of money on marketing. It was like a, it was a well-oiled machine. Yeah. But then that model completely changed mm-hmm. with being online. And I was like, I don't know if... We'd felt mm-hmm. like we were on this hamster wheel for a long time. You'd also moved house as well. You know, you'd invested in a new property that yeah. you were going to renovate and yeah. a lot of and pressure. The kids. <laughs> yeah. Two little ones. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a lot at once. But yeah, we made the decision. And in my head, I was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of okay. I'm not fully, I'm not where I was in June. I'm like, I'm a bit better. I'm going to do a coaching certification and I'm going to, do something a bit calmer but still helping people and that was the plan um but it's not been linear mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not been as simple as that since then I didn't I didn't take into account the grief I'd feel for closing the business and also like the, the health like it wasn't like oh I'm better it's been a do you think there was an element of grief for your health because your identity mm. for the majority of your life had been wrapped up in dance or fitness mm. that's who you were Dancing, you know your your maiden name was heaton it was called heatone you know tone your body and that, that it was it was your name you know it's your maiden name it's it's your name's on the tin your identity's wrapped up in it and then all of a sudden you can't do what you've always done mm. that must be really hard yeah i think that 
that has probably alongside losing the actual business has been the biggest thing it's the, the health because I thought I was still Wonder Woman and I've learned over I, I tried to carry on a little bit of the business just a very small part and even that I couldn't do because my body just wouldn't let me yeah. I ran a an online program in January which wasn't even doing anything physical but the mental exertion crashed and I was just like I'm not willing to put myself through this anymore I'm not willing to risk my health for a career or a job or but there was a lot of grief wrapped up in that yeah so what does life look like now um so yeah it's it's like role reversal Jamie's super active now and I'm like the one like <laughs> not doing anything active but basically Jamie started a new business um completely different to anything related to fitness and I'm basically focusing on recovery and working with a very small group of clients um on the mindset on their well-being not on the health and fitness yeah. <laughs> um yeah so it's very it's very balanced mm-hmm. But this, I'm still very much working on myself. What does recovery look like? When you say you're focusing on recovery, what, what does that look like? What are you doing? So day to day, it's um, yoga. I've just discovered yoga because for a long time I could not slow down that much. <laughs> uh, meditation. <laughs> Got the perfect lady here yeah. for that. Um, I have to plan my days really methodically so that if I do something that's going to exert me mentally or physically, I plan in like a 30-minute meditation or rest. Um, early nights, um, breath work, therapy, coaching for myself. <laughs> like I have my own coaching. So it's very... Then kids, obviously, <laughs> alongside yeah. that. It's very much slower pace, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very planned. It's very precise because it has to be for recovery, even though... They say, like, you need to let stuff go. In order to recover, you have to be really organised with, with everything you commit to. Yeah, and commit to it. What's yeah. therapy been like? What therapy is it? Um, I mean, I've been having counselling mm-hmm. and coaching. I've always had a coach, so coaching's mm-hmm. the norm for me. Like, I, Regardless of whatever I'm going through, coaching is always there. But therapy for me started actually last April, so I've been in it for... About what, 15, 16 mm-hmm. months now. For me, when lockdown, this is quite personal, but when lockdown hit, all this stuff came up for me, like emotions from the past, from childhood that I'd been buried. And I now know that it was because I'd been so on the go that I couldn't even, I was running from these emotions, mm-hmm. but it all just came up because it was like, right, you've got a pause. You've not, you can't hide anymore. So yeah, I've been working through a lot of, so let me get a lot this of right. shit. <laughs> let me get Mickey this right. You also, because you also start therapy then, which I always liken. It's like opening Pandora's box, mm. and it takes so much mm. energy to analyze everything in that box. And sometimes mm. you just want to shut it. I am not surprised with everything that's happened that your body is then shut down because mm-hmm. you're not just physically exerting yourself, you're mentally, emotionally, mm. and spiritually exerting yourself in dealing with the stuff that's coming up from therapy it's exhausting for people it is yeah and that's why a lot of people who are busy who are always doing things are distracting themselves from dealing with stuff and it's like but that but it's fine it's fine it's fine Mm. and then it's like it's not it's not fine because it'll come up 
when it needs to come up. It's just like pushing, putting the lid on it and the Absolutely. lid's just going to explode. And then knowing that when it does come up, it's okay. Because mm-hmm. um, people, that's it, they're just doing too much. Just... Well, I am, um, you know, you know me, I, I came to this conclusion that I... I'm addicted to stress. I think yes. I sent you, Ellen, the picture of the book, didn't I? Becoming Supernatural by yes. Joe Dispenza, because me and Claire mm-hmm. were doing that on one of our previous podcast episodes. I it was, was in... talking about that today, yeah. one of my clients, and he, he said, uh, yeah, he said, I agree with that. He said, that's what I, he did. He's, he's, he's really well, doing really well now. He said that, yeah, you do get addicted mm-hmm. to the... Because you don't know anything else. Yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. 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 And I've probably ran on that for years and years. Well... This is why I'm going to ask you a question and I'm asking it selfishly on a personal note because I'm listening to you and a part of me is a little bit terrified because I've never worked at this pace like I have right now. I was saying to you in the car on the way here, mm-hmm. wasn't I, Claire? Like, but I feel mentally, I keep reminding myself, nope, you can do this, you're mentally strong, but it gets to a point where when you crack, it's too late and the signs have already been there. The signs are already there for me at the moment. So um, I've noticed that the middle of my cycle during ovulation, my fatigue is now getting to the point where it is affecting my day-to-day life. Mm. So I'm listening to you and going, thanks universe for bringing Ellen (laughs) for a reason. Um, (laughs) Because you have to, and stress is so, so, so dangerous for people. Mm. What advice would you have for people who are busy, high achievers, always on the go, putting themselves last, being there for everybody else. This is exactly the women I work with now. Um, And I just, I think from a personal point of view, I'd just say, like, looking at my story, it is not worth it. Nothing is worth pushing yourself to that limit. It's like nothing, no money, no status, no validation. It's just not not worth it. (laughs) But I know that's easy for me to say when you're in it. I'd just say, just... (laughs) Slow down. Check it's so in with ha- yourself. It's so hard though, isn't it? It's so hard to to slow down. It really is. But even if it's just like the simplest things, like some of my ladies, they literally just have an alarm on the phone, which I'm sure you do anyway, and just literally asking how how do I feel? What do I need today? And honouring it. Like even if it means cancelling something or saying no to a friend or even if it's to family it's like you have to come first because nothing else Mm -hmm. works without you it really doesn't and I can't say that enough like I've heard that so many times in the past and I was like yeah yeah but when it when it actually your body gives up it's like why didn't I listen (laughs) you know um and just also like you know progress over perfection like a lot of people who are so busy they're like perfectionists they they want things just that way because they're the high achievers and they they love that being busy but if you're just making progress in something then it's better than being all lined up all the time and perfect and then crashing Mm -hmm. and then being able to do nothing and and having no no progress and actually stopping for a moment to look at what you've achieved Mm -hmm. and, and, and celebrate that Rather than just, what's the next thing? Oh, now I've done that. Next thing, next thing, next thing. It's like, why are you doing this? Because I've done it myself. Why am I feeling so knackered and why am I doing this? What am I doing it for? And then you have to check in with your why, don't you, as well? Mm -hmm. And it's the self-awareness piece is key for So once you're aware, that's when you can go, wait, I can stop this or I can cancel that. But there's so many people who are not aware and that's Mm -hmm. when they crash and burn and that's when it's like... 
that, that's why I think your story is quite inspirational because, mm. you know, you were having therapy last April. You are already identifying things. You know, mm-hmm. you've been, a, you've got a coach, you've, you, you're putting things in place. And a lot of people don't know where to start. They're not that self-aware. They don't, mm. they don't realise that. Have there been any other lessons for you over, over this time period? I think I think for me it's like realizing that you're worthy without without anything yeah. other people's validation like I was a classic people pleaser so now I know I'm enough I don't need a job to say that I don't need other people followers on Facebook you know people around me telling me how amazing they are followers on Facebook Yeah and I think there is part of that like when you've got so many connections and like people telling you how great your program is and what you're doing for them changing their lives it's like oh I can't lose this like it was, is, is it is it maybe thinking back to that time is it like a sense of embarrassment like this can't fail because I've built this profile because you know you were so are so well known around mm. Merseyside and the Northwest for what you've done you know changing the lives of women hundreds and hundreds thousands of women have been through your program mm. and I've amazing things to say about yeah. it and you should be very proud of that. Yeah. Extremely oh, proud of that. You should. Yeah. I and think I'm at a point doing, where I am now. Yeah, you're doing the same it. thing, just with, with a smaller number, but you're still, you're still helping, aren't you? Yeah. And then you don't know where that might take you later on. Well, so I you're mean... you're still living with, with you want to save. Yeah. It's just in your... On your terms. In your a healthier turn. way for me. <laughs> yes. And I think for years I've known like this is the route I'm going to go. Like I've lo- always loved health and fitness, like and moving the body. But for me, it was always more about the mental side and helping women feel good enough. It wasn't about being a certain size or anything. It was just helping women to feel good. So I've always known like. Do you think the- you knew when you went to uni to do psychology? Must have done. Yeah. It's all coming full circle. Full circle, full arc. Yeah. Well, to finish this on a high note and a positive note. What are you proud of? Um, I want you to big yourself up and I don't want you to be <laughs> shy because I think yeah. it's really important. What are you proud of? Well, first and foremost, I'm proud of my family. Like, that's my biggest achievement. Um, I'm bloody proud of myself for getting through this yes, year. Like, yes, Ellen. Like, I've, like, literally been broken down, but I'm now building Ellen version 2.0. Like, yeah, she's bosser. Yeah. She's got strong boundaries. Yeah, yeah. She likes herself a lot. She loves herself. Yes. We're getting there, we're getting there. Yeah. But she's worthy and, yeah. I love you. Oh, I love Aww. you too, Jen. I really do. You're just like, oh, you just make me feel amazing. You really do. And I hope that wasn't too vulnerable, though. No, no for I, no, the first I... time I've met you, I love you too. Oh, Thanks for being too, so open. <laughs> Ellen. Oh, I love you too, Jacob. Producer Jacob. <laughs> Loads of love in the room tonight. We're going to have but a love fest. We are. Gemma, don't get any ideas. Oh. <laughs> damn. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> Gutted. And that nicely rounds up this beautiful, wonderful episode of Honest to God. Ella Murray, thank you so much for joining us and telling your story. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs>